If you were asking me if I think if I'm capable of becoming the undisputed universal champion, yes, I believe that. If you're asking me if I think I am worthy of being WrestleMania main event material, yes, I believe that. I have to believe that. I have to believe that with every fiber of my being because if I don't believe that, no one else will, Cody, okay? But if you're asking me if I actually think that I'm going to be the one walking out of Montreal as the new undisputed Universal Champion, I don't know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday Morning Cook, the Sunday night's main event, Monday Night Raw review. My name is Mike McGuire. I'm Joe Aguinaldo. What's up, Joe? Okay, you know I know nothing about pop culture, so why did you bring up that particular theme? Because of Seth Rollins' boots. He looked like Astro Boy tonight. Oh, yeah. Astro Boy with the, the rocket feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his, weren't his feet black? No. I don't know. <laughs> I remember Astro Boy. Could you? <laughs> Oh, he's Dude, a little robot boy. I, you know what? I don't even remember the origin anymore. I just remember being a kid and the actual origin episodes of Astro Boy and his sister. I wasn't allowed to watch because let's just say that the animation was a little too accurate in some ways. And it was very <laughs> awkward for young Mike to be watching growing up. So anyway, yeah. All so right. That's, well, that's apropos. But I mean, Seth's boots look like everything from friggin' Super Mario to, I mean, strong Astro Boy vibe for me. But I mean, there were probably a thousand other things. Like they, they were just very big red cartoony boots tonight. So uh, Super Mario was the one that I that that I took away. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, there's the the big Super Mario Brothers movie trailer that just came out not too long ago. I'm sure you yeah. haven't seen that either because you don't know anything about anything <laughs> when it comes to. <laughs> Popular cult. Okay, and folks, that's not a dig. If you've been around for a while, that's Joe's thing. Okay, you can mention <laughs> anything about anything, unless it's 1970s wrestling or what we just watched tonight. No idea. <laughs> am I? Am I'm I? Like, am I wrong? Like, am I wrong? You're not wrong, but okay. I mean, you know, like four times out of ten, I might figure something out. Might, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's 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 a crap average but sure yeah. <laughs> and and i freely admit it <laughs> like, hang on I'm, I'm rattling my mic not that if you if you're in an area that has like lots of bass right now you're hearing me rattle my mic screen here because you know this is what professionals do they adjust their gear in the middle of a show rather than being prepared when they go on as uh, joe takes a sip of coffee so really you're getting an audio delight today friends but for those that don't know, we do this every week. It's our Monday Night Raw review. Joe and I kind of just catch up a little bit on the world, things going on in our lives. And then we bring you all the happenings of WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. And we've made it kind of a rolling gimmick now for a while that we bring you the entire contents of the show in under an hour. Joe's I got to tell you that 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 might be an issue tonight. <laughs> well, we'll see what we do. We'll here, see. But- yeah. 
Anyway, before we do that, let's do the usual commiserating. How are you? What's going on, Joe? Tell me about your life and your world. Well, before we do that, mm. um, as you know, I, I know that uh, you were in radio. You are on radio. Happy World Radio Day. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You know, this is where I'm a bad radio guy. All these like radio days and national radio day and everything else. Sorry, I'm just opening a mic wiser over here. <laughs> Relax, it's Diet Coke. Um, I, I just, I, yeah, you know, there's I, I, okay. So don't don't take this the wrong way because I only I only remembered because I checked my Facebook page and, and I'm, every I'm, radio person every- you know has posted Happy Radio Day. Yes. <laughs> and you know who hasn't? Everybody else in the world, because other than radio people, nobody cares. This is my first belief is that singers, and, and this did work too. It worked for some big names, but singers who were trying to get songs on the radio would include the word radio in their song and they would have a better chance of getting added. Ooh. Right? See our 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 theory when when I was in my band was uh, the t- if it's like all hit songs have a tambourine in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a hit song? Get that tambourine in. I'm gonna be listening for a tambourine and Enter Sandman now. <laughs> <laughs> Hush, little baby, don't you? <laughs> it's 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 buried in the mix, but it's there. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Actually. And then uh, a singer that, that is kind of a pal of mine, Lisa broke up. She was having trouble getting songs added for a while there. So she actually released a song called just another song you won't hear on the radio. Oh dear. (laughs) Which I howled at, but also didn't add on the radio. uh, What are you going to do? That was worth a shot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now that we're done with the happy radio day stuff, uh, happy happy podcast listening day wherever you are, friend. And by friend, I mean whoever's listening to us right now. We appreciate you. But uh, what else do you got going on, Joe? Um, instead of buying it outright, I rented a, it's called an ME80. It's a guitar multi-effects unit. Was Man, that that I've, pedal that you posted a picture of? Yeah. Dude, I've I totally been, thought you bought that. No, no, no. I'm just testing it out, but I probably will buy it. I, but I wanted to test it out first just to, you know, make sure I like it. And That's so fair. far, I I think I've put in like a good, I want to say like 15 hours on this thing in two days. Like just beating the crap out of it. And it's it's amazing. Maybe you should so. try plugging your guitar into it and playing with it instead. <laughs> hey, oh, folks, try the veal. Ah, well, that's good, man. I'm glad you're you're delving more into music because this is something that we talk about off the air a lot. Is your desire to play more and do more of that stuff? So good on you. You can't perform without the tools. So no, no, do what you got to do out there, man. Uh, what else is happening? How's work? How's life? How are the kids? How's the wife? How's the wife's new boyfriend? That's a joke we haven't done in a while. <laughs> oh, um, I don't know if you remember, but you know how like a couple weeks ago I told you that I gave that VP the Brazilian MMA story. Yeah, the jujitsu story, and she uh, totally I, whiffed I, on it. No, no, apparently it's still in play. She, I, I, I saw her a couple days ago, last week. I saw her on like Thursday. Uh, or Wednesday. Anyways, I saw her last week and I was like, how's your ankle? And she's like, 
I'm still using the Brazilian jiu-jitsu story. Did you tell her to change the finish like we talked about on the show? Because you had her, you know, just taking the ankle lock and then just, you know, that was the way it went. And then I said that you should change the story for her to that she she passed out from the pain, but she did not tap out. No, I I did not get that far with it. I was just shocked that she was still using it. (laughs) Well, now you got to build on it, though. So, you know, what you need to do, even though she's a VP of the company and she's a big mucky muck up there. First of all, you need to give her my resume. And then secondly, (laughs) you need to say flat out like, hey, we need to have a meeting. You and me. Gus. Your sore ankle story, so we can get the most out of this puppy, so you can get the most sympathy and also seem like a badass. So. <laughs> All right, well, I, I will take that under advisement uh, next time I see her. You're gonna, you know what? I'm gonna start emailing every VP at Course Entertainment. I'm gonna find out who this is. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna email everyone and say, "Hey, how's your ankle?" <laughs> and then when I find out who it is, then I'll be like, "Hey, yeah." All right, so you need to go talk to Mr. Aguinaldo down in uh, IT there, and uh, and uh, go from there. So, <laughs> can you imagine? First of all, let's pretend I have that much time on my hands, and secondly, <laughs> I would love to see what would happen if that meeting actually did occur, though. Like, you just come on next week, please. Mike. I'm really mad at you. <laughs> Oh, it wouldn't be the first time I got called out by one of our EVPs. So. Oh, we got a new sample for the show. <laughs> I don't have my soundboard yet, but Seth Rollins provided a great one tonight. Shut up, Mike! <laughs> Isn't that great? That was good. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like we should just distribute that free to every listener. Shut up, Mike! <laughs> you can just have that button, the shut up, Mike button. <laughs> shut up, Mike! <laughs> Well, that's good, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear things are regularly go. You're not you're not coming at me with like renovation dread tales. You're not talking about like having to fix a bajillion computers all at once. Sounds like life is uh, going Joe's way. That's good. Oh no, all that stuff's happening. I just don't like talking about it all the time. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I don't know how much I want to talk about it, but um, well, you're well, fixing you- a bajillion computers. Yeah. <laughs> it feel I would rather be doing that. I would rather be doing anything than what I have been doing the last three days. Uh, today, Joe, at 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m. actually, I drove from Wellwyn, Saskatchewan to Saskatoon to go drop off the storage trailer or the, the, tra- the rental trailer full of my stuff right. um, and, and take it back to the rental place. And then I picked up the last load from my storage shed to bring down here, which is all being stored here. It's it's a really weird thing. I'm moving to Alberta, but I'm storing all my stuff close to the Manitoba border because it's free. So, so Wellwind to Saskatoon, that's like a five hour drive ish. Uh, if you were to travel straight, not pee, not eat, not to get gas, anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, but if you actually go by real time, you're looking at about six hours each all way. Right. And that's whether you go the north or the south way, because there's two ways to get there. However, I had to go the north way this morning because there were no gas stations open the south way until I would get to Regina, which would have been way too far. So basically, I was on the road from 1 till 6.30 this morning. Um, I then parked the truck outside of the trailer rental place because they didn't open until 8. Uh, had a little nap ski in the back seat ski. Right. And then they opened up. I dropped off the trailer. Everything is all good there. 
Went down to the storage shed, got everything loaded up into the truck from there. Not that much this time, just a small truck box load, but uh, I also had to bring my bike down. So I had the, I borrowed a hitch bike rack, you know, one of those things that you plug into your hitch and then the thing shoots up the top and yeah, yeah. your bike's on that. So I had that going all the way down and then drove all the way back from Saskatoon down to Elwyn again. So I have been traveling literally over 1,000 kilometers since 1.30 this morning. Ouch. And it is now 10.45 my time as we are recording our raw review. And just so you know, my friend, I did not want to leave you hanging on this. So I made sure I could be back here in time to watch Monday Night Raw. And thank God we got a decent show again this week because... If it was going to be a snoozer, I guarantee you would be doing this review on your own tonight, my friend. <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking that when you told me how long you had been driving earlier today. Don't get me wrong. I'm wanting to sleep right now as we're talking. But no, I I made a promise. And that's what I said I would do. And we're going to keep doing it, Joe. We're going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. We're going to give everybody out there what we call and what we truly believe is the best damn raw review on the internet. No offense to anybody else, but frankly, nobody has more fun doing it than my man Joe and I. <laughs> and yes, 100%. <laughs> so, on that note, before we get too crazy here, I did want to talk about something I didn't talk about last week. And I figured because I'm in a small town here, uh, we had James Petrogello on the show a couple weeks ago from Small Town Murder, Crime and Sports. You've been listening to those podcasts since, haven't you? You love the guy, don't you? He's great. Well, they're Dude, both they're, they're both great, but yeah. No, they're very good. I highly recommend it. Um, and I mean, I don't like because of you know all the wrestling stuff I listen to. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts outside of right. that, but that's but that's one of them for sure. So anyway, as I'm in Wellwyn here, population 133, according to the latest Google stats. Um, <laughs> I guess 133 and a half as I'm kind of just, you know, migrating here for a few days. Uh, we've been looking at some of the small town stories here. And did you know there was actually like a brutal like murder here? Whoa, really? Yeah. And, and like the grave sites aren't far from where I'm staying right now. So this town could be haunted for all we know. Dude, I just got to chill. <laughs> I don't know why. That just freaked me out. Okay. But now I want to take you to a different small town. And that is my small town that that I was raised in for a while there. And we talked about over the summer, uh, Arm Prior, Ontario, where I went right. to, to take mom home and everything. And and Mary, my birth mom here, who I've been staying with uh, in Wellwyn, she has been combing through the old newspaper files that have been making their way online as of late, like through the archives and the libraries and everything. Right. She is obsessed with these because uh, my mom, her mom, and uh, you know her and her sisters and my family all appear in this newspaper because it was a small town and we're in the newspaper like tons of times. So there's, there's cool photos of like mom when she was a brownie leader and, and all these things like that. And so, wow. Yeah. But then <laughs> she sent me this article that I wanted to share with you only because, you know, we're talking about the road to WrestleMania and some of the dramatic writing and some of the dramatic promos that are going on. Yeah. And this, if I may, <laughs> Is a story, I'm going to settle in here. This is a story that came from the Iron Prior newspaper uh, from March 4th, 1927. 
Whoa, dude. All right. Okay. And and as you know, curling, a much appreciated Canadian activity. Yes. Canadian sport, I dare say. But curling was all the rage in Arm Prior, especially in uh, the Ottawa Valley there. Okay. And there is a story in the March 4th, 1927 edition of uh, some some local curlers. Now, it's not so much the story as the way the story was written. Websites like Vice and stuff, they get a little smart-assy with their writing, and that's fine. You know, we're seeing that more on news websites where they try and be a little inzy and ha-ha. Right. Hey, check this out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the headline... Curlers have reached finals. Seems pretty basic, right? Okay. Bond spiel for the McLaughlin prizes down to two rinks. Again, sub headline, not that big. All right. The McLaughlin bond spiel has reached the stage, which is known as the finals. Now, get ready. All right. S.R. Brooker Sr., the demon curler, gathered unto himself a rink of enthusiasts, grew chesty and hurried <laughs> challenges to the wide world. Albert St. Pierre stopped, looked, and listened, and immediately accepted. <laughs> the, ga- <laughs> the game was played on Wednesday evening, and the challenger was defeated. However, Mr. Brooker is still on the warpath with his challenge. The Wednesday evening session was to be played for four one-pound boxes of chocolates. Oof. And while they were taken to the rink to be presented to the winners, they had disappeared when they were wanted, and all Albert had and his troop received for their trouble were satisfaction and practice. Somebody ripped off the chocolates, Joe. Dun, dun, dun. We're not doing that here. Uh, <laughs> tis rumored that Archie Close Stop. Uh, did you did you just say tis? Tis. Okay. I did not say our reporter from the Arm Prior, whatever this newspaper is called, March 4th, 1927, said tis rumored <laughs> that Archie Close of the winning team knows the whereabouts of all four boxes. Mm. The rinks and scores were, and then it just goes back to <laughs> giving the scores. But like in the middle of this curling result is this dramatic demon curler and a theft of four pounds of chocolate. If that's not a wrestling angle, I don't know what is, man. <laughs> I didn't. Wasn't this a thing? <laughs> this this strikes me as like 2003 Monday Night Raw. Somewhere around there, or maybe something with a hornswoggle. I don't know. <laughs> like the stolen chocolate, that was a Valentine's Day episode of Raw or SmackDown, right? Like that was a that, thing. That had to be. And then, you know, you could have the demon, could have been the boogeyman, or I mean, if you, if you want to go present day, Finn Balor, you know, running around with curling rocks <laughs> every time his music goes off, and the <laughs> curling rocks just shoot out of his arms into the crowd. <laughs> Seven people were killed by flying curling rocks in a recent taping of Monday Night Raw. <laughs> I just so I just want to share it with you because as I uh, as I hunker around these small towns as of late, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I have a book that has like uh, old newspaper clippings from like the eighteen hundreds. 
of yeah. like catch, catch wrestling, right? Of like, nice. you know, and the language in that is very similar. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, the, the, the t, you know, t, tis this and twas yeah. that. And it's just like, wow. Um, but that does sound like a wrestling angle. Like it yeah. does sound like something you would see on raw. <laughs> There's also a pay- it was the it was the arm prior guide is what the the name of the paper was. She did find a couple of wrestling ads as well. I will post these along with this week's episode slide because um, there's the- <laughs> well what were I have to know what were in the wrestling ads? Okay, little people, <laughs> smaller individuals, right? But they were re- advertised in big letters wrestling at the arm prior <laughs> arena Thursday, July seventeenth. 8.45 p.m., you will see TV midgets. Oh. <laughs> Four great celebrated TV stars. Four. Plus, special attraction, 450-pound wrestling bear, star of TV and movies, takes on two leading heavyweight wrestlers. Oh, boy. Now, your main event was the great motto versus Bill Melby and in a semifinal tell me this doesn't just reek of old-timey wrestling or even 1980s wrestling Ivan Volkov versus Mighty Scott and Mighty Scott being like the Mighty Scotsman not bad eh that's very 80s wrestling (laughs) oh this wasn't 80s though man I know I'm just saying like like if you hadn't said 1927 i would have thought is that a card from like the 70s or the 80s i I should hook up with greg oliver and find out if he knows who any of these people are because there's another one here uh superstars of the mat in our empire community arena uh the main event was the mongol versus danny warcloud uh there was a ladies match monique gendron versus joyce duncan oof tiny little versus the mighty Adams <laughs> that as you can guess was also billed as a midget match and the opener was the green hornet versus Jean Petit so wow there you, there you go some old school Ontario wrestling for you there I'm not even sure if these were Canadian or if they were coming up from the states back then but I, I should hook up with Greg Oliver Greg if you happen to be listening drop us a line let us know but uh there you go. A little bit of, a little bit of Canadian wrestling history for you. Love stuff like that. We were not in Canada tonight for Monday Night Raw, though. Joe, should we go on a trip? Let's go on a trip. Joe, we are headed to Brooklyn, New York, the Barclays Center for WWE's Monday Night Raw. Set up for tonight, according to WrestleTix, was eleven thousand one hundred ninety-six. They had 10,470 tickets distributed. I say that's a pretty darn full building and a pretty loud crowd tonight, too. There was a lot of fun going on here. Let's go ahead and enter the arena for Monday Night Raw. And we start off with a megastar already in the ring. That's right. So we start off with Becky Lynch in the ring, and she's with Adam Pearce as they open the show. Uh, They do a quick recap of last week's cage match and Lita coming out to help Becky uh, win against Bailey. Becky gets on the mic. She says, welcome to Monday Night Raw. And she says that as good as it felt to beat Bailey in the cage last week, my path to WrestleMania was no longer clear. I was distracted by those damage control fools and I lost sight of what's important. And that's the women's championship. 
She says she likes to fight her way into things. And Adam Pierce, that's why you're here. She says that you love to up the ante and make some fights. So I'm presenting you with an opportunity. Let me fight my way into the elimination chamber right here tonight. What do you say? So first of all, that confirms that upping the ante is officially an Adam Pierce catchphrase now. Along with it's official, I guess. Yeah. But uh, upping the ante has been something that I've noticed for a while. And I'm like, oh, that's uh, that's something my grandma would say. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. All right. So before Adam Pierce can say anything, though, damage controls music comes up and out comes Bailey. And she gets on the mic. She says, if you think you're getting into the Elimination Chamber match after what you pulled last week, then you're a bigger idiot than all these idiots. You didn't finish nothing last week. That so-called Hall of Famer had to do it for you. Now, at this point, they just start going back and forth. They're comparing accomplishments when out comes Bianca. And Bianca gets on the mic and she says, I hear a lot of talk about the Raw Women's Championship. And she says that she likes where this is going because she wants to face the best of the best at WrestleMania. She says that if Becky and Bailey want to use the chamber to get to me, I think they should have to go through me. Wait just a second. This almost sounds like an eliminator match. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Almost. (laughs) So Adam Pierce gets on the mic and he says, you know what? That's a good idea. And he announces a triple threat match between Bianca, Bailey, and Becky. And if Becky or Bailey win, they're added to the elimination chamber. But if Bianca wins, neither gets into the match. It's official, baby. Becky versus Bailey versus Bianca in a triple threat match tonight. Tonight on AEW Dynamite. I mean, Monday night. <laughs> An eliminator match. No, wait, a triple threat match. All right. Gosh. All right. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves intro the show and they run down what's coming up. Uh, We've got Bobby and Brock, uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar contract signing the team raw versus team SmackDown women's six women tag team match. And then Seth freaking Rollins on Ms. TV. Uh, Up next, we see Byron Saxton in the back trying to get a word with the judgment day. And he asks if the judgment day are prepared for the week ahead. Damian Priest says that there are five other uh, are the five other men in the elimination chamber prepared to step into the chamber with Damian Priest. Dom says, I know Priest is going to run that chamber like I ran the block. And he also says that mommy is excited for the elimination chamber as she is for Valentine's Day. Uh, Finn gets on the mic. He says, tonight we got the street profits. They want the smoke. They're going to get rolled up, bowled up. And smoked up. Like, is it just me or does it seem like no matter what the scenario is, the Street Profits are showing up? It's like, okay, our opening contest is going to be a tag team match. Hey, it's the Street Profits. Hey, our opening match is going to be his one on one. Oh, there's one of the Street Profits. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a 10 bell salute. Ding, ding, ding. And now the Street Profits. Dun, 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 dun. It's just, it's a lot of Street Profits. I like I, get, profits, but I, I do too. And it's not just the openers. It's like, they're everywhere. Like they're almost like becoming that team where you can just kind of put them in the, you know, anywhere in the show. And uh, you know, they'll, they'll be entertaining for now, for now. Yeah. But I do but, believe a new star was born tonight. We'll get there. Please continue. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, where are we at here? The street profits come to the ring. Uh, they're going up against the judgment day next as we go to break. Segment two, 
Judgment Day come to the ring. Um, and as they're coming to the ring, the announcers hype up the mixed tag team match coming up at Elimination Chamber with Finn and Rhea versus Edge and Beth. All right, let's start the match here. Um, Ford and Priest start the match with Priest getting an early advantage and a quick tag to Finn, who does the Chris Jericho foot on the chest pin attempt. Uh, the Prophets get the advantage, though, and they knock both Finn and Priest from the ring as we go to break. That was a very quick segment, by the way. Segment three, back from break. Priest goes for a suplex off the top, but Ford reverses it into a crossbody, and both guys end up tagging in their partners. Street Profits get a bunch of pin attempts on uh, Finn, but eventually Dom distracts Dawkins, and that leads to Finn getting the coup de grace for the pin and the win. Um, after the match... Judgment Day attack Ford, uh, but out come Edge and Beth, who clear the ring. Now, Beth ends up in the ring with Dom, and she's <laughs> she's about to give him the glam slam, but suddenly Rhea comes back, uh, attacks from behind, and she hits the riptide on Beth, uh, and uh, Edge comes in, clears the ring as Judgment Day bails, and then they go to, coming up next, we see Lashley, uh, is the lashley Lesnar contract signing as we go to break. Now, we had been told that Rhea Ripley was, in fact, still doing international promotion for WrestleMania, so her showing up was a big surprise. My favorite part about the run-in from Edge and Beth making the save, though, wasn't even the interaction between Beth and Rhea. It was when Edge comes running out, Beth is right behind him, and Edge slides in the ring and starts, you know, taking care of business and everything else. And and obviously, Beth doesn't have anything to do because <laughs> there's no Rhea. So she just ran out to literally cheer on Edge. It, it was an awkward interaction. She was for like, sure. she was like in the like. Imagine like Miss Elizabeth came out and just like Ultimate Warriored her way to the ring and then just like raw. <laughs> By the side of the ring while Macho Man was doing his thing. You know, that's kind of what what Beth was doing tonight. But then when Rhea showed up, it it made more sense. So that was good. All right. So, uh, okay. Segment four, back from break. They show uh, a quick recap of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs with the custom-made WWE title because they have won the Super Bowl. Are you an NFL guy? I used to be. I don't really watch that much anymore. So you don't really care about who won? Um, I, I I like Kansas City, but my team's the Chicago Bears, so um, I really didn't care. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Just curious. Um, I mean, it was a good game from what I saw. Like, so from that perspective, it was good, but I had no emotional investment. So, um, okay. In the ring, we see Adam Pierce, uh, and it, you know, with the, the the contract signing table in the ring, and out comes Brock. And as Brock is coming out, they show highlights of what happened last week between Bobby and Brock. And I still can't get over the fact that their initials are the same. Sorry. Um, Okay. Adam Pierce gets on the mic. He says, we're here to make the contract official between Bobby Lashley and the man that signed last week, Beast Brock Lesnar. But one signature does not a contract, uh, does not make a contract official. I need a second signature. And at this point, Brock interrupts and says, let's get to the point. Bobby, get your ass out here and sign the contract. Really quick aside about that. Bobby, or sorry, Adam was just about to introduce Bobby and then like Brock interrupted him and introduced Bobby and that just didn't make any sense to me. 
Anyways, <clears throat> I gave them time to stall and get the extra table and chair out. <laughs> oh, we'll get there Bobby. in a sec. Well, that's so, what I'm getting to now. Yeah. yeah. So Bobby's music uh, comes up and then a bunch of security guards come out and then two of them set up a table and a chair at the top of the ramp. Bobby comes out. He sits at that table. And he says, this is not the Brock Lesnar show. Uh, he says, Adam, Brock wants a contract signing. So you roll out the fancy red carpet. I'm sick of this. Brock, whenever we're face to face, whenever we've been face to face, I left you pinned. I left you unconscious or I eliminated you from the Royal Rumble. So I'm in the driver's seat. I had my agents, my manager and my representatives look at your contract. I'm already bored. <laughs> OK, Phil. and the sad thing is, is that I like both these guys. The match is going to be fun. But let's just get to the part where Brock comes out and starts yeah, okay. attacking so- the security guards, because this is guys, this is so boring it's it's a great match build up but it was just filling time on raw pretty much so brock brock grabs the contract goes uh, after the security guards but lashley ends up getting a back body drop on the ramp and he hits a spear on brock signs the contract leaves it on brock and then up next we have mia yim versus piper niven as we go to break now we could say that this match will be bobby lashley tangling with brock lesnar tonight or BLT, BLT. <laughs> I really want a BLT now. You know what? So do I, actually. <laughs> All right. Let's move All on right. to the show so we can get to making sandwiches afterwards. Okay. So segment five back from break. It's uh, Piper and Mia Yim. Piper Niven and Mia Yim come to the ring. And that leads to their match. Uh, basically Piper has the advantage for most of this match, minus some early offense from Mia at the start and a small comeback near the end, but Piper ends up hitting a Loch Ness slam for the pin and the win. I love that they're calling it the Loch Ness slam too. Thank you. Thank you. Jeebus for giving us Piper Niven back. Hmm. So good. (laughs) Uh, Hell yeah. Okay. Next up, we see a recap of the bloodline storyline from last Friday, SmackDown, uh, featuring mainly the Usos. They hype up the Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn match and tonight's main event, which is the triple threat, uh, triple threat match as we go to break. Segment six back from break. We see a recap of uh, uh, Baron Corbin losing to Dexter Loomis and JBL sort of leaving Corbin for lack of a better description. Can't shine a turd. And I tried. I tried. I tried. That's right. <laughs> so Kathy Kelly's in the back with Baron Corbin, and he's she's asking for a response to JBL's comments. But then suddenly she's like, "Oh, wait a second! Wait a second! We we have to interrupt for something important that's happening in the arena." And they cut to the ring, and we see Sami Zayn in the ring. Well, we saw a hooded figure run into the ring, which, as we know, anytime a fan has ever rushed into the ring and not being able to tell who it is, they immediately stop filming a promo and cut to the ring. Because this is very important. But nevertheless, uh, it it did lead to probably the highlight of the night. So let's go. Absolutely. Okay. So Sammy, uh, Sammy Zane's in the ring. He says he's not here to hold up the show, but he has something to say to someone. And he calls out Cody Rhodes. Cody comes out. um, He says, welcome to Raw. And he says, what do you want to talk about? Sammy says, last week, you had a verbal exchange with Paul Heyman. Everyone's talking about it, but there's one thing you said that's been replaying in my mind. And it's Mm. when you said it was looking like it's going to be Cody versus Sammy at WrestleMania. I came all this way to look you dead in your eye and I want to hear it straight out of your mouth. Is that lip service or do you believe I could beat Roman Reigns? 
Cody says, when I said that I think you could be Roman Reigns, that you will be Roman Reigns, I meant it. When I said you most likely would be my opponent at WrestleMania, I believed it. But respectfully, I don't think that's what this is about. Doesn't matter what I believe. It matters what you believe. Do you believe you can defeat Roman Reigns? Sammy responds. He says, the truth is, I don't know because you haven't seen what I've seen. I've been in the dugout with the bloodline, making plans with them, and they always find a way. Roman is operating on a level higher than ever before. I've seen guys bigger and stronger than me go against Roman, and they went down. So I'm supposed to believe that Sami Zayn is going to be the one to take down Roman Reigns? If you're asking me if I believe I'm capable of beating Roman, becoming undisputed champion, being WrestleMania main event material, yes, I believe that. I have to believe it because if I don't, no one else will. But if you're asking me if I'm going to walk out of Montreal as the universal champion, I don't know. Now, Cody's starting to get worked up here. He says, it seems like everyone here knows. Your hometown knows. I haven't been where you've been. I haven't seen Roman up close, but I've watched him from the sidelines. And you're right. Everyone's fallen to him, but there's dissension in the bloodline, and that's because of you. The idea of the greatest champion of our generation could be dethroned. This awesome moment in time that we're all here for is because of you. You want to say Roman is in God mode? Well, put that on a t-shirt and print it because it looks good there, but Roman is a man. You crack him open at Elimination Chamber and you find out yourself. When I won the 2023 Royal Rumble, Michael Cole said, finish the story. I intend to finish my story, but you need to finish yours. And just one more thing, Sammy. I don't want to see you on Raw next Monday because I'd rather see you at WrestleMania. They mutually look at the sign together and Cody's music plays and they walk off into the sunset. Also known as the giant video screen that is the entrance to Monday Night Raw. Yes. And I know I motored through that promo, but get your eyes on that promo. Definitely yeah. the highlight of the night. As, as you were doing it, I'm like, you know we can just stop quoting it because you guys just have to see it. It's it's yeah. one of those, take it from us. It's one of those must sees. You just yep. gotta, you just gotta, because it's, it's telling the story beautifully. This takes me back. And I was talking to Meltzer about this on the weekend about, you know, punk and Cena back in when money in the bank was happening in Chicago, you know, like that's the kind of vibe this is going to have. You don't think they're going to milk Sammy coming out for all they can. There's going to be this giant pause before his music hits. It'll be great. It'll be yep. great. So. big time. Okay. So backstage, we see Carmella and Nikki. Uh, basically, Asuka and Nikki freak out Mella. <laughs> it's, that was kind of a weird interaction. Man. But then Candace comes up and, is, and she's like, Nikki, why are you following me? And then Candace Nikki says, Candace LeRae, yes. Uh, she comes up. She asks Nikki, why is uh, Nikki following her? Nikki starts laughing, and coming up next, we have the six women's uh, six woman tag team match as we go to break. Mm -hmm. All right, segment seven. Kathy Kelly is in the back once again with Baron Corbin. Uh, Corbin says, "We all saw what happened last week, and I'm better without JBL. He's a has been, and it's time for me to remind people who Baron Corbin is." Um, he mentions that he was he, he he that at the elimination chamber, Roman is going to destroy Sami Zayn. In no world does Sammy beat Roman. And then at this point, he starts sort of running down Cody Rhodes, who conveniently walks to the backstage area. Uh, he says that Cody Rhodes is given the 30 spot at the Rumble. 
he takes a shot at uh, his brother, and then he says, "Oh, then he takes a shot at Dusty." And then that, that's when Cody attacks him and they start battling towards the ring as Cody is yelling, get a ref. <laughs> so we get to the ring now. I want to go through this one if you don't mind. Cause yeah, go ahead. This basically becomes the match that Miz didn't want to do wearing a suit. I'm wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> but Cody, you know, takes off the jacket, does a little bit of uh, fighting with the shirt and vest on. And then uh, after a, a suicide dive to the outside, takes off everything, and dude is so ripped right now. Big time. He looks better than his action figures. Like, it's insane how good he's looking going into this, so I'm just praying he doesn't get hurt because Meltzer's even said over the weekend, say, yeah, Cody's up in his weight, and so, Cody, if oh. you're listening, please, let's just take it easy, all right? <laughs> But I mean, dude looks fantastic. It was great. And it was exactly what you'd expect. It was a uh, a quick ground and pound. And all of a sudden, Baron Corbin's losing again to the American Nightmare, who is wearing lovely slacks. And, and impre- impressively, they didn't rip either, which is like, <laughs> like so. But yeah, it was basically a Cody cutter and a crossroads for the pin in the wind. That's it. All right. It. it was great. Okay, in the back, we have uh, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and Natty. Uh, They start arguing about Becky and Bailey trying to weasel her into the uh, Elimination Chamber match. And Raquel says, hey, we need to focus on tonight. Save it for Saturday. Liv goes to the ring, and we go to break. Can I just say, Liv, why go with the purple plaid when, of all weeks, this would have been the week to come out with, like, a Burberry pattern? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Did you not get that reference? That because everybody had Liv Morgan uh, trending after uh, MJF's promo, right? Yeah, and I was like, man, if she came out wearing his colors, oh, Chef's kiss. But <laughs> anyway, she came out. They all came fastest entrances ever. Oh, big time. They were just like, go, 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 go. You know, Nikki Cross is doing her entrance while Carmella's still walking to the ring. Uh, it was it was fast. It was intense. It was a lot. And then well, we had a wicked match. We we did. Um, I mean, it was a two segment match. I'm not going to go blow for blow, but where it got interesting was in segment nine. So the second segment of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, like Oscar gets the advantage, uh, and then like she gets a rising neon live for a pin attempt. Natty breaks that up, and then Oscar takes out Nikki, who's on her team. Takes our Carmella, who's on her team. Then she gets the octopus submission on Liv, who taps. And then I guess Team Asuka got the win. <laughs> so it was like. You know what, though? I like great. this better because normally you always have the turn after the win. You know, it's like, hey, we won together. And then somebody kicks the crap out of their own partners because, you know, it's every person for themselves in the elimination chamber. Why not do it before the pin? If I loved it. If you're this crazy new Asuka, it's like. That makes all the sense in the world. You're just going to go on a little destruction spree and walk away. It was walk great. Away the winner. Yep. It was awesome. like, 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 it's like, she, like she gave, she gave, you know, zero F's. She just did it. And then she won yeah. the match and it was awesome. All right. So, okay. Backstage. Otis is eating a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. And then like, uh, Gable's talking about something, saying how like last year they were the Raw Tag Team Champs, but something went wrong. Gable grabs a hot dog, says, hey, this is bad for you. He throws it 
And it hits, I believe the guy's name is Mansois. I think that's what they're calling him. Mansois, yes. Mansois. The former Mansour is now Mansois. And you hear, as <laughs> Gable throws the hot dog away, you hear a, oh! <laughs> and there's Mansois covered in mustard, which there was so much mustard on his face, there was no way this came from that actual little chunk of hot dog that Gable threw. But you don't care because it's hilarious. <laughs> It was awesome. Right. Now, to preface this segment, we have to take you back to last week when Maxine Dupree happened to see Otis in the hallway and said he's perfect, <laughs> which then leads us to this next little bit of business. Okay, so Maxine says, we're looking for the face of our new campaign. Have you ever considered doing any modeling? Gable's like, yeah, I've considered it before, but I see myself more as a role model. Uh, and then Massé says, maybe a hand model. Ha, 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 ha. But then Maxine says, actually, I was talking to Otis. And she hands him a card. <laughs> Stop right there. Folks, just take a moment. I want you to just picture now Otis. Okay, because she was also talking about his look <laughs> and his physique. And as she says his physique, <laughs> he starts bumping up his arms. And the big beard is back and he's got some mustard in it and everything else. And oh, Otis. I am I am so in for this. <laughs> like, I, like... I cannot wait for this <laughs> at all. This might this might be my moment of the year for 2023. <laughs> the premiere of OTs? Are you kidding? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so uh, up next, Bronson Reed comes in. He kind of laughs at them and walks towards the ring. And it's going to be Bronson Reed versus Mustafa Ali next as we go to break. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> oh boy okay segment 10 back from break they both come out to the ring it's pretty much a squash match i think ali got a spinning ddt for a pin attempt but Bronson he, got, he got the tornado ddt but he also got a, a little bit other offense and like he what i liked about this is that you know he went for the legs he you know he's yep. like drop kicking the legs and everything else trying to get the big man from his standing position but that that spinning tornado ddt or whatever you want to call it it almost seemed too easy. Like, if anything, it should be a mission to yeah. try and knock Bronson Reed off his feet. Oh, I, I did want to mention, though, there was one point in the match where they were outside mm -hmm. and uh, Reed threw Ali over a barricade into a bunch of chairs. And if I may borrow one of your expressions. Oh, no, no, that... I, was, I was waiting for this one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Because not only did he basically hip toss Ali over into the timekeeper's area, but Ali landed on the office chair, which then flipped over on him, thus having Ali land on his head and slam into steel chairs, which were also lined up around the side of the barricade. And that, my friends, was gross. <laughs> wow, I popped on that big time. Holy God, I thought if any time for Ali to just be maimed in a match, this would be it. But sure enough, he got up and then he did the, the tornado DDT and everything yeah. afterwards, which also kind of 
again, you know, like he shouldn't have been doing anything after that. But eh, what do I know? Well, yeah, like he got I mean, Bronson basically dragged him back into the ring. He got the the, the Wait, DDT. He was dragging him. I thought he was going to rip his damn arm off his body. Yeah. He got the he got he got the DDT. Bronson kicked out at one and ended up getting the tsunami splash for the pin and the win. (laughs) I only tweeted once during Raw, and it was after that tsunami splash. Because did you hear the crowd as Bronson went up to that top rope? Yeah, like if he had actually delayed that a little longer, and I realize that they're trying to sell the urgency of him getting up there and hitting it fast, like a tsunami would, but. If he just takes a second, like a couple extra seconds, that crowd would be so much more into that splash. And they yeah, were already just, into it. They were into it huge. But, you know, that, oh, and then really just, and then when you got them right at the right at the peak, the apex there, then you drop it. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a thing of beauty because that yeah. just looks insane. So I love it. I love it. Bronson Reed continues to impress. Big time. Okay. Uh, after that, they show a recap of Edge and Beth going after Judgment Day earlier and Rhea getting the riptide on Beth. Kathy Kelly is in the back with Beth and Edge and asks if they have any comments about what happened earlier. Edge says that he's sick and tired of Judgment Day and they pulled one over on, on us tonight. But at Elimination Chamber, we show them exactly what's about to happen. And Beth says, we're going to show the Judgment Day why we're called the Great Couple. Because we have a whole bunch of new t-shirts that say that. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, Then Miz comes out, or we see Miz walking towards the ring area as Miz TV is coming up, and we go to break. Yeah. Segment 11. Here we go. This is, uh, I'm going to see if I can shorten this one up. It's Miz TV. Uh, Miz welcomes everyone to Miz TV, and he says that his guest is the architect of the industry, who is that freaking good. But where's his head at in the elimination chamber or in a squabble with Logan Paul? We're going to find out. And he introduces Seth freaking Rollins. And at this point, Seth comes out with the big red boots, winning raw and everything tonight. Astro boy. (laughs) Astro boy. (laughs) Okay. So as, uh, as Seth comes out, obviously the crowd is singing. Miz comes up with the, are you guys done? Because I only have 10 minutes. And he says, let's talk about Elimination Chamber. I need your undivided focus. But if I feel that your focus has been split between Logan Paul and the U.S. Championship. So they they go back and forth. But the gist of the promo centers around why Seth, uh, Miz asks Seth why Seth won't mention Logan Paul in the ring. Seth says, shut up, Mike. Shut up, Mike. And he says, you know why I don't want to talk about him? It's because of that. And he points to the WrestleMania sign. He says, all I ever wanted to do is main event and headline WrestleMania. That's the dream that matters to me. It matters to you. And it matters to everyone in the arena because we love this. But you know who doesn't love this? Logan Paul. He's selfish and soulless. And all he cares about is lining his own pockets. The reason I don't want to say Logan Paul's name in this in this ring is because he doesn't deserve it. Miz says, it sounds like you're a little jealous. And then Seth says, come on, you can't be that stupid. Um, Miz freaks out. He says, I am not stupid. Uh, He says that, you know, we're two Grand Slam champions, but I'm the only one that's ever headlined WrestleMania. Uh, Something you will not or may never do because of Logan Paul. Now, I'm going to mention this because I love this line. He says, you want to stomp him with your Super Mario boots and call Luigi and get in your Mario Kart 
And at that point, Seth attacks, attacks Miz, hits him with a chair. He's about to go for the stomp, but Austin Theory attacks. Uh, Seth gets an upper hand for a little bit, but Miz gets an attack. Or Miz attacks Seth, and ultimately Seth gets a stomp on Miz. But Theory gets the A Town down on Seth, and he stands over Seth with the belt. Yay! Yeah. Next up, we see we see Boogs boogsing up. I guess is for lack of a better term. And Elias okay. comes up. <laughs> so the rivalry is going to be Elias and Boogs because Elias is now saying that, you know, hey, we're kind of the same. Yep. Uh, you know what? I I have tried to champion positivity everywhere I can. But I feel my inner father felt them coming out right now. <laughs> And this is a rarity, but this is going to happen right now, Joe. I'm going to say we skip all the Boog stuff. All right. So we let me skip just... all. So, so no, here, Rick Boogs comes out, has a match against the Miz, who's still waking up from the stomp. Miz obviously loses. Now, Boogs does some cool stuff. He does like, uh, what do you call it? Like a bench curl press almost or a curl? Yeah. He, yeah. He, he... Yeah, I was going to say, he curls him 10 times, he hits a front slam, we're done. <laughs> yeah, he curled the Miz. Okay, that was impressive. Yeah. But then he does a, a gorilla press slam that made the Ultimate Warrior look like a technical genius. <laughs> so, one, two, three, he wins, let's go. All right, cool. Then we see Chelsea Green in the back with Adam Pierce. Uh, she says that she's a star who does, uh, and you know, she's not some clown who deserves to be humiliated on national TV. She sent some strongly worded emails to his manager. Basically, she says that I wasn't ready for Oscar. I demand a redo. Put me in the triple threat tonight. Pierce says it's not going to happen, and she says I'm not leaving your office till you put me in. And then Pierce just walks out. It would be even more hilarious. What's that? Is if she says, I'm going to complain to your manager, and you know what? I've brought a friend of mine to do it. And it's Nick Gage from GCW. <laughs> oh, man. Just kidding. Let's continue. <laughs> okay, cool. So back from break, we see another uh, Kansas City Chiefs Patrick Mahomes vignette, and Byron Saxton is in the back with Judgment Day. Oh, sorry. That was me. Say that again. Okay. Byron Saxon is in the back with Judgment Day, and he asks if Judgment Day has the upper hand on Edge and Beth. Finn says they always have the upper hand, and we beat Edge and Beth again. And at Elimination Chamber, it's going to happen again and again and again. Dom says that uh, Edge, Beth, and my pathetic dad, they were good, but the game has passed them by. Priest talks about the elimination chamber and, and being the U.S. or walking out the U.S. champion, and then Rhea says Charlotte says that uh, she's on a different level, but she's on a level that's one below me when I when I rise and take the women's championship. The standard Judgment Day stuff. Yeah. Um, Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves run down the elimination chamber card, uh, and then we see Bianca walking backstage towards the ring as we go to break. So this is setting up for the triple threat match. Bianca Belair taking on Becky Lynch and Bailey. Again, not an eliminator match, but it could be an elimination chamber qualifier match. One of the two have to beat Bianca to get into the match. And now it's time. All right, cool. Almost time. So, well, yeah, 
Yeah, segment 14, back from break, they recap the Cody Sammy promo. Uh, Then all three women get to the ring, and then we go to another break. So now we're at segment 15. Match has started. Um, at, at, during this segment, Bailey basically has the advantage for a good portion of this of this segment, and she actually gets a few pin attempts on Bianca. Uh, Bailey tries for a knee bar on Bianca, but Becky breaks it up with a leg drop off the top rope, and then she takes over on offense, getting a double DDT on Bianca and Bailey, and she gets a two count on Bianca as we go to break. Ladies and gentlemen, we have hit segment sixteen. Brothers and sisters, gather round. And take in the wondrous warmth, that feeling in the cockles of your heart that is the final segment of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) All right. Back for a break. Um, Becky drives Bianca into the turnbuckles for a two count. Uh, At this point, Damage Control have made their way to the ringside. And they actually end up throwing Bailey, who is on the outside, back into the ring. And we see the powerbomb superplex spot by all three women. And Bailey gets two counts on both Becky and Bianca. Uh, at one point, Bailey put Bianca on Becky and goes for the elbow drop. But Bianca rolls out of the way. So Becky gets hit with the elbow drop. Now, at this point, all three women are getting a bunch of offense. But eventually... Outcome all of the rest of the Elimination Chamber uh, combatants, and they basically just go after each other. And dare I say it, dogs and cats living together, mass, mass hysteria. hysteria. <laughs> so back in the ring, Bianca gets a near fall on Bailey. Uh, at this point, EO tries to interfere, but Bianca throws her into pretty much everybody. Uh, Becky gets back in the ring. She hits a manhandle slam on Bailey, but Bianca gets a KOD on Becky. And she ends up pinning Bailey uh, for the pin and the win. Well, she dropped Becky onto Bailey with the KOD. Right. So she KOD'd Becky onto Bailey. Becky then, for some stupid reason, rolls off. Because I guess the impact of the KOD was just too much and it knocked her stupid. Because she was in the pinning position until she rolled off. Yep. Either way, Bianca gets the pin. Neither one of them are going into the chamber, which means that there's this rumor going around that it could be Trish, Lita, and Becky against Damage Control at Mania. I'd heard that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything to substantiate that, but that's one of the the scenarios going around. I don't know if it's going to be a thing or not, but yeah, I, I guess that could be a thing. It would be a feature match if nothing else, because there's no stakes. Right? There's no, no... Th- th- there isn't. But still, like I, I saw that rumor and I was just like, where did that come from? <laughs> like... yeah. Well, again, it's the WrestleMania season. So everybody's going to make up a thousand matches. I made up one on the show. I was talking about how we could turn this into a triple threat. And I mean, but that to me, that just makes all the sense in the world. Having Sammy and Cody and Roman all in the same match. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know who wins this thing, man. I, I got to say this. I was on Sammy for his size. Sammy's a lot taller than I thought he was. Really? He's he's like 6'4", something like that. Well, he's the same height as Cody. Yeah, he's a tall dude. Yeah. Well, Cody's not 6'4", because Cody and I are about the same height. But All right. um, but still, I, I for some reason, I thought Sammy was a little shorter than that. But, uh, you know, still, just, just build-wise is what I worry about him. But, I mean, who knows what's under those T-shirts? He might be, he might be all jacked up, too. He might be. Wouldn't it be funny if he just, like, you know, 
finally ripped off his bloodline shirt and he was like all just tanned and jacked. And, <laughs> you know, kind of looked like Cody, but <laughs> gets a big SZ tattoo on his neck. Oh God. Cuts his hair super short and bleaches it. Uh, that's a little too much. I'm getting awfully tired, friends. Can you tell? <laughs> that was Monday Night Raw. Pretty much. Lots of promos going on there. Yep. It was a very talky show, which is fine. Uh, the The talk was good. If the talk is good and entertaining and the matches are fine, great. I yep. Again, I who was it? I think it was Cornette this time I was listening to. He does bring up a great point with this, and that is that why do they always go to break once the match starts? Like, the match is just starting. There is no sport, there is no anything else in the world where something just kicks off and then you go to break. You got me Not, on that, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's a great point. Like, yeah. you know, you couldn't, you couldn't throw it a break during some of the entrances and then well, come back with the rest? Like... Well, it's funny because I remember when we first started doing the show. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember like the first time I saw it where someone get, would get kicked out of the ring yeah. and then they would go to break and you're like, dude, get used to this. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. So now when I'm doing notes, if I see someone get thrown out of the ring, I'll I'll start typing and we go to break. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that could be the scenario, too. But anyway. Uh, thank you, Joe, again. Great time. For those that are listening, uh, hopefully you don't tell, but we had a mess of technical difficulties doing this episode. Uh, I, I'm out in the country right now, so the internet's been spotty at best, and Joe has been very patient. It is, uh, it's almost one o'clock in the morning, his time now, uh, in, in getting this done. So great job as always, my friend. Uh, next week should be another slam bang edition of Monday Night Raw. Auto Raw, if you will. Yep. Just a reminder that, of course, a bunch of great podcasts are available for you every day if you want to join our Patreon. If you're on the free feed now listening to this, patreon.com slash SNME radio is where you go for those. Uh, dozens, oodles, bajillions of podcasts there for you now. And uh, also, we're going to have our Elimination Chamber after party coming up. Uh, Boris and Matt are going to be hosting this one because God knows where I'm going to be this weekend. <laughs> I do know that Friday, for anybody listening, uh, those of you in Alberta, I will be at Dungeon Wrestling in Calgary. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart will be there. Cool. Uh, as as he always is now. I mean, he's helping run the thing. But uh, it'll be Nick Aldis defending the Stu Hart Heritage Championship against Chris Masters. We've got uh, Harry Smith and the Billington Bulldogs from MLW coming up. Right on. Uh, we've got a bunch of other amazing Canadian, American, and uh, international talent going to be there as well. A uh, great kid out of Regina named Sean Moore. I've known this guy since he started. He's phenomenal. And uh, lots more. So it's going to be a good time, man. Right on. And then I'm going to go over to Hitman's Bar. <laughs> because Brett, and, and other, you know, just more Bret Hart news, because I can give you all the Bret Hart news you want. Um, it was just announced today that they are going to be hanging his name in the rafters at the Saddle Dome. Wow. Yeah, the Calgary Hitmen for the Bret Hart game coming up on March the 11th, I want to say. Very cool. Uh, I unfortunately won't be at that because I'm booked to uh, ring out some boxing uh, back in Saskatoon, actually. So look at that. The, the more I try and leave, the more they bring me back in. Wow. But it's funny. I've always had a gig on, on the night of the Bret Hart games. I have not <laughs> been to one. I've not been to one of them. But anyway, it's uh, so, yeah, lots of fun stuff going on there. And uh, we'll be back with you again 
I'm going to try and snag a bunch of interviews at uh, the Dungeon Wrestling Show as well. Try and catch up with Nick Aldis, you know. The last time I saw him, uh, the week after, the you know, a little bit of a bombshell announcement. So uh, maybe we can see how he's doing more. But uh, Joe, oh, thank that's you, right. Always. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> I do. That's like, right. Just like the next day, you know, so it was like, <laughs> geez, man, come on. It's like, you owe me a scoop now. You owe me something. <laughs> anyway. All right, that does it for Tuesday Morning Cook, folks. Uh, thank you again for listening. If you want to support our Patreon, patreon.com slash SNME radio. And one last thing. Uh, I've been monkeying around with them for a while, but hopefully by this time in the next two weeks, I'm going to be releasing some Tuesday Morning Cooked shirts. Hells yeah. And proceeds from these shirts will be going to keeping Joe and I alive. <laughs> Till next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.